hopefully we've read it recently. <laughs> Psalm 34. All right. Psalm 34, we're going to read just one verse, verse number 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Let's pray together. Father, I do pray that you'll bless the time that we spend around your word this afternoon, that it will guide and instruct us. And Lord, may it be uh, something that is helpful. Uh, and, and Lord, for us to be able to do that, I pray that you'd help us to go ahead and yield our hearts to the leading of the work of the Holy Spirit uh, through your word. That we would be willing to lay our will aside and to follow after your will. And so, Lord, help us uh, this, this afternoon as we take some time to look into these pages of, of your word and that we will follow after it with all of our hearts, that it will be the hunger and the thirst of our soul to be obedient to it, to know the instruction of it, and to follow it wholeheartedly. We pray that you'll bless all that we do uh, this afternoon. Guide and direct our hearts and our thoughts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> in the 11 o'clock hour... We dealt with the topic from verse number 3, O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. The importance of magnifying God in three areas. Because of who He is, because of what He has done, and because of what He's going to do. And these are the areas that I believe every Christian ought to be uh, magnifying Him in. Uh, describing it beyond measure. And the, the, the question came about, uh, is it possible to overstate what God is going to do, uh, what God, who God is, and, and what He's done for us. The truth of the matter is, we can never overstate it. Uh, and uh, Brother Keith reminded me who the author was of the book that I was referencing. It was A.W. Tozer, who I was trying to think of, uh, wrote the book, The Knowledge of the Holy. And in chapter 2, he said, whatever we think God to be, He is not. And the truth of that uh, is very apparent as we begin to try to think of who God is. Our minds cannot comprehend an infinite God. Uh, and whatever we think Him to be, He, uh, by definition, is not. He's beyond that. He's far beyond what our thoughts can imagine. And when we consider who He is, uh, the truth is it ought to overwhelm us. And ought to ought to so overwhelm us that we cannot help but, uh, but speak of things. It's interesting to me that when, uh, when Jesus <clears throat> was born and the angels came to the shepherds that were abiding in the field and they went to go see the Lord... As they left, the Bible said they could not help but speak of the things that they had seen and heard. And they went abroad telling everybody about it. And, uh, and the truth is, when we come to a face-to-face -face realization of who God is and what He's done for us and what He's going to do for us, it ought to so overwhelm us that we just can't contain it. Uh, it ought to be, I think it was Jeremiah that said one time that he, he was frustrated and he said, I, I said I would speak no more in His name. And he said, but it was shut up in me like a fire in my bones. And he said, I could not help but speak about it. And, and that's the way a Christian ought to be when it comes to the things of the Lord. There ought to be a zeal and excitement about who God is. And it, we need a revival in our day of, uh, of Christians that uh, will, will get a view of God and begin to, to dwell and to meditate on and think about the things He's done for us, the things that He's going to do. In, in thinking of that, uh, I want to share a few things this afternoon in a more practical sense uh, from God's Word of ways that we can do that or perhaps some of the things that we ought to be uh, emphasizing in order to accomplish this in our life to magnify the Lord. And uh, I believe in verse number 1, the psalmist gives us a couple of uh, things that I think we can gain from it. 
And he makes this statement. He says, I will bless the Lord. And I want you to notice this phrase, at all times. His praise shall, and here's the other word I want you to notice, continually be in my mouth. And I would say this, that when it comes to magnifying the Lord, uh, I don't know about you, but in my life there are times that I feel like I'm closer to the Lord than at other times. There's times where uh, I feel more excited and a lot of zeal for the Lord, and then other times where maybe not so much. There's a coolness there. There's something that's uh, hindered some things maybe in my life that has cooled that down. And, and I feel like there's, there's, there's ebbs and flows of it. There's mountaintops and there's valleys. But the truth is, when it comes to this thing of blessing the Lord and giving praise to Him and magnifying Him and being able to, to speak uh, uh, and describe Him to others in a way of magnifying Him, uh, this thing ought to be something that we do continually. Uh, the psalmist says that it's something that we ought to do at all times. And I want to encourage us in this, that even though we may have mountaintops and even though we may have valleys, there's one thing we can always do, and that is we can always bless the Lord. We can always give Him praise. And uh, even there's times where we don't feel like it, uh, or maybe we're not as excited about the things of the Lord, we can still give Him praise. And if that's the, the, the goal of our hearts, is to continually uh, magnify Him, then I would say it this way, that we ought to strive in every way possible to live on the mountaintop for the longest periods of time and dwell in the valleys for the shortest periods of time. When there are things that come between our soul and the Savior, we ought to get them right as quickly as possible so that we can get back to what we know we're supposed to be doing. And that is magnifying God to a lost and a dying world. Make sure that this world knows, uh, this next generation knows who God is. Uh, a number of years ago, I came across a... Uh, I, was, I was going through an old library that they were throwing a lot of the books out. And uh, as, as we were going through and sorting through some of the books, there was a... A, a large volume set of Time magazine, which obviously is not a conservative uh, magazine or uh, a magazine that, that has much to do spiritually or anything like that. But I remember as I was going through them and, and throwing them into the, uh, the place where we were going to be discarding them, I came across one, and right on the very front cover, it had a picture of some young people, and uh, they, were, they had some drug paraphernalia and some other things going on. And the title, the caption on the title page, on the cover of Time Magazine said this, The Generation That Forgot God. The Generation That Forgot God. Do you realize that you and I are responsible for this generation to know of God? When Jesus gave the, the, what we call the Great Commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, the intent was not that it be done once in the history of mankind, that it be accomplished once in the history of mankind. The intent was that every generation be responsible for their generation. For the time that we're alive, we are to be responsible for those that are on this earth while we're here. To get the gospel to them every way that we can. To be able to magnify the Lord. And I think sometimes we get the idea that we can magnify the Lord simply by the way we live. But the, the, over and over in Scripture, when you find this idea of magnifying the Lord or blessing His name, it's dealing with what we're saying out of our mouths. Uh, very important. Look with me in Psalm chapter 6, the 6th Psalm, or rather, uh, Psalm 6, and uh, look with me in verse number 30. Psalm 6 and verse 30. Keep your Bibles handy. We've got uh, about 8 or 10 Scriptures we want to look at together, and so please keep them handy. We're going to be turning several times. Psalm, uh, I'm sorry, i got the wrong chapter here. Uh, let's see, Psalm 6 and verse number... I've got the wrong chapter. I'm sorry. Let's, uh, let's go to Psalm 75. There we go. Psalm 75. Somehow I got the wrong passage there. 
Psalm 75 and verse number 9. Psalm 75 and verse number 9. The Bible says this, But I will declare forever, I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. Again, this idea of, of continually, um, whether we're on the mountaintop or we're on the valley, that we are continually and eternally going to be doing our best to give God uh, glory with our mouths. And he says, I will declare forever, uh, verse number 9, uh, I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. So there's two things that I think are very vital here. One of them is the emphasis on the forever, that we're to do this until we get uh, to be home in glory. And then I'll tell you this, when we get there, we're going to be praising Him anyway. And once we get on the other side of, of heaven, uh, the Bible tells us that we're going to be praising Him throughout the endless ages of eternity. And so we will be giving Him praise then. But then I want you to notice this. He also says in verse number 9, that he says, I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. Can I tell you this? That we can magnify the Lord in our songs, in our singing. Uh, there's two things about this I want us to think about. One of them being that we need to be careful of the music that we listen to. It ought to be music that helps us to praise the Lord. It ought to be music that helps to guide and direct our steps and draws our heart closer to the Lord. But secondly... Uh, the Bible tells us that we're to be singing the praises of the Lord. And I, you, I'm thankful Psalm 100 says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. It doesn't say make a beautiful noise unto the Lord. And there are people who can sing, and then there are other people who can sing not so well. Uh, but the thing is, you and I get a new song in our hearts, and when we sing, we ought to be singing with our hearts unto the Lord. It lifts Him up. It brings glory to Him. It brings praise to Him. Let's put it this way and use the terminology that the psalmist did. It magnifies Him. When we sing songs in our, in our services, and, and we try to choose songs that are scriptural songs out of our hymnal, they ought to be songs that cause our hearts to magnify Him. Because it is something that we've been commanded to do, that we're supposed to be singing with our hearts unto the Lord. Look with me in uh, Acts chapter number 20. Acts chapter 20. <coughs> Excuse me. Acts chapter 20 and verse number 27. Acts chapter number 20. I'm going back up to... Um, let's go to verse number 25, if you will. Verse number 25. Paul, Paul is speaking here. He says, And now, behold, I know that ye all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. I will tell you this, when it comes to magnifying uh, the Lord, we need to make sure that we do it by magnifying all of His counsel. We need to do it by making sure that we magnify His Word. Uh, it's interesting that in, Philippi, or in uh, Philippians chapter 2, the Bible says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted Him, and given Him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so we understand that His name is above all names. Would we agree with that? And yet the Bible tells us that He's exalted His Word above His name. If we're going to magnify the Lord, we do so by magnifying His Word. John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, capital W, 
And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. It's very important that when it comes to declaring the whole counsel of God, uh, that we magnify God through that. That we lift Him up. I was listening to a fellow preach a number of years ago, and he made a statement. He said, every time we read Scripture, we ought not to just be reading the Word of God, but we ought to be reading about the God of the Word. In other words, we ought to be looking for God in this book. What does it tell us about Him? How does it draw our hearts closer to Him? We need to make sure that when we uh, magnify Him, that we do not neglect magnifying Him through His Word. We're to to declare it to this generation and to the next generation. We're to uphold it. Uh, We're to guard it. We're to be the ones that uh, proclaim it throughout this world. And we are to magnify Him through that. Look with me in Psalm 118. Number 118, Psalm 118. So we magnify Him by magnifying His Word. In Psalm 118 and verse 17, the psalmist writes this. In fact, let's go to verse 16. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. I shall not die, but live. And notice this, declare the what? The works of of the Lord. When we go to magnify God, we need to magnify Him by magnifying His Word, but we also need to magnify Him by magnifying His works. We need to be able to tell people what God has done for them in the area of salvation. And can I say this? We need to tell Him what He's done for us in the things that He's done to bless our lives, in the way that He's worked in our lives. There are times I'll share with people some of the, the valleys that God brought me through in my life and, and how dark they were, and then to talk about the triumph and the joy on the other side of that valley as the Lord was faithful. And all oh, how it cheers my heart to tell them, and how it cheers their heart to hear it. Because we magnify His working in our life, the things that He's done in our lives. We need to magnify, magnify those things. We need to declare them uh, to those that need to hear. And then I want you to notice Psalm 107, if you will. Psalm 107. Psalm 107 and verse number, uh, verse number 21. And I love Psalm 107. Four different times um, it makes the statement, uh, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of man. We find it in verse number uh, uh, 8. We find it in verse number uh, 15. We find it in verse number 21. And we find it again in verse number 31. We're going to look at verse number 21 for a minute. It says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. And and there's two things here that we're uh, we're to give Him praise for. One of them is His works, which we've already talked about. But the other one I want you to notice is we're to magnify Him in the area of His goodness. His goodness. We're living in a world where so many people have a negative view of God. They, they think that God is just some, some mean, uh, overbearing um, deity in heaven that's here to reign on their parade. Can I tell you this? We need to make sure that people understand the good news of the gospel. That Jesus didn't come to bring condemnation. Their condemnation was already there. Jesus came to re- rescue them from that, to save them from that condemnation. They need to understand God's goodness, His love for them, uh, to try to reach them with the gospel. And uh, a lot of times we, we focus 
on the wrath of God, and there certainly needs to be an understanding of that for someone to, to uh, understand the, the penalty of their sin. But so often we make that the major thing of the plan of salvation, when the truth is the major part ought to be to show them that God has come to rescue them from that condemnation. That He's come to give them grace and give them mercy. And that needs to be something that we magnify when it comes to sharing the gospel with others. Uh, in verse number 22, he makes this statement, And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His works. And here's what I want you to notice from verse 22. With what? Rejoicing. Rejoicing. You ever hear somebody try to share the gospel with somebody and there doesn't seem to be any joy or any excitement? You may, you may strike up a conversation with someone and, and maybe knock on their door or hand them a track if you see them out in public. Where do, you, where, do you, where do you think you'll go when you die? Are you sure you're going to go to heaven when you die? Or some sort of question like this. And uh, then we start getting the opportunity. Maybe God opens the door. And we start sharing the plan of salvation. And all we're doing is focusing on, can I remember the next verse that I'm supposed to show them? And you kind of, you kind of just plow through the material. Can I tell you this? Be excited about what God has done to save you. And, and let that joy, let that rejoicing in what God has done spill out in the plan of salvation to tell others this is the greatest decision you'll ever make. There's some people that have heard the plan of salvation and watched the person giving it to them and said, I don't know if I really want that or not. And I tell you this, that when we declare Him and we talk to people about Him in verse number 22, it says that we ought to declare His works with rejoicing. There ought to be a, there ought to be a joy in the Christian life. When you tell somebody you're a Christian or you go to such and such a church, is there an excitement that you have in telling them that? Are you thrilled about the fact that, boy, I'm, I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. I, I tell people often, if they ask me how I'm doing, a lot of times, I'll say I'm doing way better than I deserve. And I don't know how many times I've heard people say, oh, but you deserve a lot more. You don't need to say that about yourself. And then all of a sudden I get the privilege to tell them, no, I really don't. Let me tell you what I deserve. And let me tell you what I'm actually getting. And there's a joy to that. And they need to see that. Why? Because it magnifies Him. It magnifies the work that He has done in our life. It elevates it. Is there any way to overstate the joy that comes from God saving our soul? Is there any way that we can speak too highly of it? Then let's speak the highest we can of it. Let there be the greatest amount of joy in expressing it to others. We're going to magnify and we need to do it with rejoicing. Psalm 111, if you will. Psalm 111. And look with me also in verse number 1. Psalm 111 and verse number 1. And this may be really where I'm trying to get at with that last one is, Praise you the Lord. I will praise the Lord. And here's, here's the phrase I want you to notice. With my whole heart. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright in the congregation. The works of the Lord are great, sought out all them that have pleasure therein. I, I, I think so often that we approach our praise half-heartedly. Or we approach the praise that we give to God as something that's an obligation that we're supposed to do. 
But where is the fullness of our hearts? Where is the, where is the absolute unfettered gratitude and love for the Lord Jesus Christ? Unhindered. Unrestricted. To, to say, Lord, I love You with all of my heart. As the heart panteth after the water books, so longeth my soul after Thee, O Lord. To be able to speak as the psalmist said, that if it were not for His precepts, that He would not even be able to live. That even His life would end if it were not for God's commands and God's Word and God's working in His life. Where is the wholeheartedness of the Christian life? And the psalmist says, Praise ye the Lord, I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. Heart is the biggest thing that you and I can have when it comes to the things of the Lord. I alluded to this in the 11 o'clock hour. The Bible teaches us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. If we're going to speak and magnify the Lord, if we're going to declare to the next generation, if we're going to be able to, <coughs> to praise Him for who He is, for what He's done and for what He's going to do, then we need to do it with a heart that is overflowing. Where we just cannot help but talk about it. It just seems to be the natural course of conversation because it's what we are so focused upon, so thrilled about in our lives. And yet we're living in a day where we're so entangled with the affairs of this life that we fail to please Him who's chosen us to be a good soldier. We fail in those areas. We fail in the idea of loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. We begin to have other things that seem to take the place of our affection for the Lord Jesus Christ. The psalmist says, I will praise the Lord with my whole heart, with all of it, unfettered, unrestrained, unrestricted. By the way, if you ever get to where you're praising Him that way, you're going to be, sell, you're going to be telling everybody you know about the Lord. You're going to be talking everywhere you go about Him because there won't be anything to hold it back. Look with me in Psalm 106. Psalm 106. And verse number 1. Praise ye the Lord. O give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endureth forever. Well, to be magnifying His mercy, and it's enduring forever. Notice he says in verse number 2, Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth all His praise? <coughs> the answer to that question is, we'll never be able to fully accomplish the task. But it ought to be the thing that we strive for. It ought to be the thing in our hearts that we love more than anything, to talk about the Lord Jesus. It ought to be the thrill of our hearts to share with someone what God has done for us. It ought to be the great joy of the Christian life to exalt Him, to praise Him, to magnify Him. Psalm 104, verse 35. I'm going to read a bunch of verses here. If you want to write the references down, you can turn to them later. But I've got so many, it would take us half the afternoon to get through them. I'm going to read them to you. I'll give you the references. You're welcome to write them down. Psalm 104, verse 35 says this, Let the sinners be consumed out of the earth. Let the wicked be no more. Bless Thou the Lord, O my soul. Praise ye the Lord. Our souls should praise Him. Psalm 105, verse 45. That they might observe His statutes and keep His laws. Praise ye the Lord. It's a great thrill to have the law of God in our hearts. 
Psalm 106, verse 48, Bless the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting, and let all the people say, Amen. Praise ye the Lord. We ought to be praising Him everlasting to everlasting. Psalm 112 and verse 1, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, and that delighteth greatly in His commandments. There ought to be a delight for God's Word that overwhelms us and causes us to praise Him and magnify Him. In Psalm 113 and uh, verse number 1, He says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Psalm 116 and verse 19, In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of the O Jerusalem, praise ye the Lord. In Psalm 117, verse number 2, His merciful kindness is great toward us. And the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Psalm 135, verse 1, Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the name of the Lord. Praise Him, O ye servants of the Lord. Psalm 135, and verse 21, Blessed be the Lord out of Zion, which dwelleth at Jerusalem. Praise ye the Lord. Psalm 146, and verse number 1, Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Psalm 146 and verse 10. The Lord shall reign forever, even thy God, O Zion, unto all generations. Praise ye the Lord. Psalm 147 and verse 1. Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God. For it is pleasant, and praise is comely. Psalm 147 verse 20. He hath not, what, he hath not dealt so with any nation... And as for His judgments, they have not known them. Praise ye the Lord. Psalm 148, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Psalm 148, verse 14. He also exalted the horn of His people, the praise of all His saints, even of the children of Israel, a people near unto Him. Praise ye the Lord. Psalm 149, and verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song and His praise in the congregation of saints. Psalm 149 and verse number 9. To execute upon the judgment on them the judgment written, this honor have all His saints. Praise ye the Lord. Psalm 150. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him upon loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. We kind of get the idea what God is telling people we need to do. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. You know what a lot of us need to do? I was telling some young people a number of years ago, we preached on at a youth conference on what God didn't want them to do, what God did want them to do, and a lot of young people came forward and they made a decision at the altar and and consecrated their lives and, and, and said, I'm going, to, I'm going to do this from this time forward and made some, some promises to God. Which, by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. 
And God brings conviction. Make the decision He puts upon your heart. Be accepting of it. We live in a day where we bristle sometimes at God's conviction. We call it being offended. The truth is we need to be submitted to it. Say, I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit conviction conviction in my heart. It's not pleasant, but it's needful. I remember telling them at the end of that invitation that young people, if no one else will do it, you do it. But oh, how sweet it is to find another brother or sister in Christ that's willing to join with you and follow God together. The psalmist made this statement in verse number 3 of Psalm 34. Oh, magnify the Lord. And here are the two words I want you to notice with me. You know what the implication of that verse is? The psalmist was saying, I'm going to. I want you to join me. And let us exalt His name together. The implication, I'm going to exalt Him. Won't you join me in doing it? Oh, it's so much easier, it seems, when we stand together than it is when we stand alone. Have you ever noticed that? In the 1904 World's Fair up here in St. Louis, they had a draft horse competition. These monstrous horses, they would put a load on them and they would uh, get them to go and they would pull until they couldn't pull the load any longer. They kept increasing the load. The, the, top, the top horse, I believe it was, pulled 15,000 pounds. The second to the top horse, I think it was, pulled 14,000. I may have the numbers wrong, but it was somewhere very close to that. And uh, after it was all done and they had given out the awards, the men that were there got together and they said, I wonder what would happen if we would team these two horses together, the first and second place horse. I wonder if they could pull, if, if those numbers were accurate, 15 and 14. They, they said, I wonder if they could pull 29,000 pounds between the two of them. They, they, they added them together. So I wonder if that's how much they could pull. They put that weight on them, and they pulled it with ease. They began to increase the weight, and they found out that they pulled together far more than if they were individually pulling their own load and their own weight. And I use that illustration to say this, that while, yes, we can walk alone, we can praise Him alone. We can magnify Him alone. Oh, that it would be our heart's desire to do as the psalmist said, and magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. Oh, that this world would see God as He really is. That you and I as His people could be a shining beacon, not only in the way that we live, but in our magnifying Him for who He is, for what He has done, (coughs) and for what He's going to do. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Declare Him everywhere we go. And pray that God will help us to have that joy, that overflowing fullness in our hearts toward Him. Let's go ahead and stand and we'll be dismissed in prayer. Father, we are thankful for Your Word. If You had said it only one time, praise Ye the Lord. Lord, it would have been enough for us to say, I'll be obedient to that and I will praise You. The truth is, You have emphasized